And welcome to Civil Discourse. I'm Jamie Wojciechowski. And I'm Marilyn Brown. And today we are discussing minimalism. Um, we had talked about it. It came up uh, uh, two, I think, two weeks ago. Um, and it was something we wanted to talk about a little bit more. I have a quote for everybody. Um, and that quote's by Joshua Becker, who's the author of The More of Less. Um, and the quote is, let's stop trying to impress others with the things that we own and start trying to inspire them by the lives that we live. Ooh, I really like that one. That's a good I know. one. It's, it's funny because we were discussing um, this topic and what we want to talk about. And um, I follow Joshua on um, Facebook and he posted an article he just wrote, and that was one of the quotes in the, in the article. Um, oh, perfect. Yeah, and it was about the the article specifically was kind of about five things he saw as um, material things people are uh, attached to that block them from being mindful. Mm. Um, and he was there was I mean it was anything from. Um, focusing on the idea of retirement um, to uh, the the way we post photos on social media and our addiction kind of with, with selfies and, um, mm -hmm. and docking. Right. And I think a lot of thing, yeah. a, a big misconception about minimalism is that it's about not buying things or not, not owning things and mm -hmm. really, it's really not about how much material possession you have. It's more about your uh, mindset and mental attachment to those things. Um, Minimalism is much more kind of, a, a, to me at least, is a, a, a worldview where you don't, where you don't identify yourself with, material possession your your self-worth or other self self-worth um yeah mm -hmm. tell me kind of thinking about like the misconceptions because i i would definitely say that i subscribe to those misconceptions about minimalism and not really just kind of um equating it with not having a lot of stuff um and not really thinking about that broader perspective but i'm wondering how how did how did minimalism start for you? Like, how did this, how did you kind of even find that you were inclined to be a minimalist or, or like, how did you kind of, you know, yeah. Right. Um, how did you get here? <laughs> I think for me, it was very uh, natural and I was very much a minimalist, a minimalist before I even knew what the word was. Like even, even growing up, I much preferred, um, experience-based things versus material things. Um, I never really, really wanted many things. I would okay. much rather take a class or I want to go explore this place or go on this vacation, which is in its own type of, um, it can be its own type of um, materialism. Possession. Yeah. In, in, in possession. Um but I think it, it depends on what, again, the, the, the worldview. And I think for me, it was 
more about um, the experience and the the growth and the the feelings I got doing those experiential things as opposed to it me saying I'm going on vacation to impress people or to make it seem like I'm um, worthy or that I'm I'm um, rich or whatever what interesting yeah. whatever whatever it is it wasn't about it wasn't about ego in the way of me um, trying to be better than others and I think that's a lot where the the foundation of materialism yeah. um, which for me is the opposite of, of minimalism um, comes from materialism is very much about ego and needing these things to prove something um whether that be your own self-worth or um superiority to others um yeah i don't think i really answered your questions but <laughs> I mean, kind of. went down an interesting road that 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 i think you know i i want to talk about a little bit is just that idea of materialism and i think that you know we are so conditioned to have this kind of material need. And I think that you're right, that it's about, you know, kind of where is that coming from? What's the driving force behind acquiring these things or even experiences? Because I definitely agree that you can be materialistic about experiences where you're kind of just acquiring them to have. Um, And so, you know, I think that it's interesting thinking about how we've been conditioned to view these things as um, something to be proud of or something to, you know, um, and, and the ego really thrives in that. The ego really thrives in kind of comparing to others and, and, and finding itself, um, you know, superior or, or valid in the eyes of others. And I think that um, it, it sounds to me like, you know, I don't think that this was for you because you, you, like you said, were more naturally inclined to it, but it sounds to me like, minimalism kind of grows from having a more mindful perspective, not necessarily always. Um, but I could just imagine that, that that may increase someone's inclination towards minimalism. You right, know, just yeah. kind of that moving away from that ego centered um, need for validation. Yeah. There's two, and I don't, I don't consider myself an, an expert on minimalism by any means. It's just I tend to live very minimalistically. So people like to ask me about it because I think it's weird. But I think, uh, I think there's two kind of ways people find it. And one is um, what what you're talking about, and kind of I think how I found it was minimalism was kind of this secondary thing to my mindfulness practice. It kind of um, just evolved naturally the more I I practice mindfulness. And for other people, I think they find mindfulness in um, trying minimalism. Mm -hmm. So they'll try to throw things out or try to... um, uh, go for small houses are all the rage now, like things like that. And then they find the mindfulness from uh, making the choice to, 
to let go of whatever material thing they're yes. letting go of. And I think it's like everything else. I think a lot of people think that minimalism is about like just throwing everything away. And it's, it's a lot like mindfulness where it's, it's, it's a process and it's in the, in the culture we live in where everything is very much um, about advertising and about materialistic things. And everything in our culture tells us that self self-worth is about how much you own and needing more and more and more. Um, I, I, it can be actually detrimental um, emotionally and, and mentally to try to quit material things cold Turkey. Um, right. You know, it, it just, it can, it can be psychologically overwhelming. Um, mm -hmm. And so it is, it is a, a process. And like mm -hmm. I said, I, I own things. There's things that um, I want and things that I need just to be able to do the, the career I want to do and, and communicate mm -hmm. the way I want to do and just the, the lifestyle I enjoy. But I think the big difference is um, I try not to, attach my self-worth or my identity to any of those things and in trying to do that the result is that i i tend to want less things yeah that that makes a lot of sense to me and when you were talking about um just kind of that 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 natural process that kind of evolved for you it, it makes sense that it's not, you know, it, like, you're not like, you're not saying I have nothing and <laughs> I have no need for things, but it's almost just kind of, I'm hearing not like you haven't said this, but almost just also being aware of what you need and being aware of kind of taking what you need or taking what is going to be of use for you and being mindful in, in that way. I think there's a, a mindfulness to you know, getting rid of things and recognizing maybe if you have too much stuff. But I also think there's a mindfulness and kind of thinking about and a minimalist mindset to thinking about, do I actually need this or, or why am I taking this? Because I think that we're, again, kind of just so conditioned to just want to acquire things. And, it, and a lot of times not even really know why, you know, mm -hmm. not even really think about like, do I need this this new version of this thing that I have? <laughs> you know, the old working version of just, just certain things like that. But I think that, like you said, we're kind of, you know, really just so, so conditioned to want that next thing and be seeking something from it. And, 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 and actually it goes back to when you were talking about the article and he was saying about retirement, um, the, the author, and he was saying about how people will attach themselves to this idea of retirement. So even just attaching yourself to an idea of an experience that you're trying to acquire something that's still an attachment. And so that in and of itself kind of pulls you out of that mindfulness. And I think that that's the, the part that we can all evaluate about what we have in our own life and what we have acquired is that kind of, okay, well, what, what's my attachment? What's my relationship to this? Why am I attached to this? And what does that look like? And, and what might it, what, what would I feel like if I didn't have this? Right. And I think at, at the end of the day, minimalism and, and mindfulness are two sides of the same coin and that mindfulness 
is minimalism. What are you doing when you're meditating? You're you're stripping away everything to just your breath. It's the most minimalistic we can get to life to explore ourselves. And that's what happens when you live a minimalist lifestyle. And it, it doesn't have to, I mean, it can be going on a mindfulness retreat is a minimalist lifestyle for that time you're you're mm. on it. And it forces you to be present with yourself as opposed to I think the the material the reason we attach our our self-worth and and our identities to these things is because they're distractions and they they distract us from dealing with our own feelings and our own our own inner life um yes. and when you take when those things are either taken away from you or you start living without them, you're actually able to go inward and explore the, those feelings and that, that inner life in a way that's very difficult when you have all those distractions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. I'm, I'm, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking, how do you, or do you have any tips for someone who's interested in minimalism and maybe interested, I think for myself, my own practice with mindfulness has led me to being more interested in minimalism and kind of feeling wasteful in -hmm. certain areas of my life and being more mindful of like, you know, what I take and what I bring into my home and, and things like that. But I'm wondering like, do you have any kind of practical tips for somebody who is not a minimalist, but is, you know, on that journey and, and wanting to be more mindful in that way? Right. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a few different things. One is if you have a mindfulness practice, a meditation practice, a, a yoga practice, the first thing I always say is to find a designated space um, for that practice. So if you have an extra room where that's where you meditate, make that a minimalist room with maybe just nothing in it or just your, your meditation cushion or whatever the bare... Um, minimum is for you to do that inner exploration um, and just live in the, in that, that space. And I think it, it teaches you then um, what, what kind of embracing minimalism feels like. And then you can bring that into other rooms and slowly move through. If you, if you feel it's, it's necessary again it's not about getting rid of everything it's mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. not having those attachments and sometimes that's that's enough is having a space where you have none of those attachments and then when you enter a new space the atta- the things that you were once attached to you start to discover that mm-hmm. they are not actually who you are and they don't give you the the self-worth that you you thought they did yeah, yeah. I love that suggestion. And as soon as you, you said it, I started smiling because just randomly this week, I just did that in my space. I like um, had an extra yoga mat and I was like, I just really want to put this in my room and put this into my meditation space and have it rolled out so that when I want to go in and I want to be able to do that, that I can. And, and it's not a, you know, something where I have to clear out some space to do it or anything like that. And, and just going in there and going into that room and it's a bright, it's the brightest room in my house. It's where I get the most natural light. The windows are open. There's very little stuff in there because I try to keep my bedroom pretty clear. 
and just seeing that mat laid out on the floor just kind of changed my energy and just kind of made me feel more interested and inclined to want to kind of actually use it and, and, and sit down in times where I wouldn't have planned to. And so that was really cool. So it's funny that that was your first suggestion. Cause I just randomly did that. Right. And the other, the other option too, is if you don't have the, the space to do that. I mean, I'm in Los Angeles. I know a lot of people who live in studio apartments and okay. it's just cluttered because they're living in a very small space uh, yeah. is nature is the best minimalistic place ever. So go to a park. And the important part is don't bring your phone. Don't bring a bag. Don't bring anything extra. Just go and meditate. You can bring your, your meditation cushion if you want, but mm-hmm. just go and, and meditate and spend some time without anything. No jewelry. No, just basic clothing. Um, nothing you're you're attached to or that you find. Uh, I mean, if you look in the mirror and your first thought is like, do I look good? Do I not? That's an attachment to clothing. So nothing that makes you feel... Mm-hmm. In, in that vein, I would say neutral, so something that makes you just feel very neutral. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's the other the other so option. Like they would recommend, like, when you're going to retreat, they kind of recommend, like, kind of loose, neutral clothing, that kind of thing. Right, so like yeah. Same kind of idea about it that you're, you know, you don't want to be attached to your appearance. And, and yeah, and it's, it's, it's individual. It's, uh, I mean, I know a lot of people who go to, yoga class or meditation class and they put a lot of effort into what they're going to wear because they care about what others how others perceive them so they try to look their their best going to work out and Mm -hmm. that's that's a whole other that's a whole other topic and there's no there's no shame or negative in that it's just that's uh an attachment to um a materialistic thing and idea you're using clothing to um not and, and that's slightly different in that i don't think you're necessarily um attaching your identity to that you're trying to shift the perception of your identity um with mm. clothing in that specific in that specific, that specific instance example. which yeah within minimalism you kind of want to strip and mindfulness you want to strip that mm-hmm. that away yeah that one, that one's a, that one's a tough one for me because I'm like, I told, I get what you're saying, and 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 I think that there have definitely been times where I, you know, will get dressed to go work out, worried about how I look to everybody else. But I also think for me, and I think for some people, there's no, it it, it doesn't do that. And I think, but for some people, the way you dress and kind of your outward appearance really is a way that you kind of reflect what's going on on the inside, and so it's like. I, I won't say every day I put a lot of thought in it, but it's more of just kind of, I like choose what I'm feeling that day and kind of put together what I wear to yoga class based on like the mood that I'm in and and what I'm feeling. And I'll look in the mirror and think, okay, you know, this feels good or I feel good about this, but it's like less about kind of worried about perception of others, but more just kind of wanting to feel like the inside matches the outside because that's kind of where I feel the most effective in the world is when I'm, you know, succinct in that way. Right. And I think, uh, I think that's why uh, awareness and mindfully asking you, yourself the, the question is important of why, yes. um, I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of shifting topic, but, but uh, yeah, at just 
exploring it for yourself because right. um yeah i think yeah. Yeah, on the topic of what what to wear i think we're on the same page is just what what makes you feel um mindful yes if that yes. yeah because i can without definitely adding extra baggage to it right because i can definitely recognize a time where it wasn't mindful and where you know if i was so unmindful about it that it could ruin the experience if i didn't feel you know, like I was pre- being perceived in the way I wanted to. And so, yeah, I think it's about kind of exploring that in the moment and really evaluating for yourself. What is this for me? And, yeah. and again, even with with minimalism, so much of it, it's it's like mindfulness in that it's about uh, awareness. It's not about uh, judgment. And the the reality is, is that clothing um, in the way our society uses them is not really about uh shelter or protection or warmth in most places it's about style it's about reflecting our personalities and things yes. like that and i think it's important to recognize that because yeah, it's about function it, it, yeah it's not saying that if you want to express yourself through your clothing that some, something's wrong with that um but about just having the awareness that clothing is a material thing you are using to express yourself it is not who you actually are that's where the division is and then you can make uh you can make a mindful choice for yourself to express yourself in your clothing in a in a mindful way and not in an in a way that's leading with attachment or or fear or ego or any of these negative kind of um expressions yeah that makes a lot of sense other tips (laughs) Um, I did. Uh, what was my other tip? Uh, my other, oh, I had one and now I can't remember. Um, yeah, my other tip would be just to do some, start off with doing some self-reflection and, exploring what makes you what situations make you feel mindful um and then once you have that awareness to bring that to your shopping habits um so when you actually are purchasing something ask yourself if that will help lead to a more mindful life or not um, is it, I think it's, it's the same with everything we talk about. It's about yeah. asking yourself the, the right questions and deep questions mm-hmm. to know why you're behaving the way you're behaving as opposed to just, um, reacting off instinct, um, and conditioning. Um, and I think I do that a, a lot, um, when I, I'm going to buy anything or I'm in a place and I'm like, Ooh, I want that. And then I always will stop because I've conditioned myself to do it to say, do what, is that something I need? Is that something that's going to help me be more mindful or is that just something uh, I want because I've seen a commercial and I'm adding self-worth because of the commercial and the advertising and all, and all these things. <laughs> and then I make a, a decision based on actually having that dialogue um, with, with myself. And I don't always make the, the right decision, but, um, the, the 
having the dialogue is the first step. And as soon as yes. you are able to do that and are conscious of it, um, it's much easier to make the the right choice for you. Yes. Yeah. And the I, for I, you I, is an important part. What's that? I said the, the for you is the important part because the, there is no right and wrong in it. Some person owning something is not, doesn't make them, um, uh, materialistic it's it's the um identifying or the the way you use that that Mm -hmm. object um that can be good or or bad right right and i think it's is it for you and also is it for you right now because i think there are times where you know there is it would be a mind mindful decision to you know, acquire something, but maybe at this moment it's not. And so kind of realizing being mindful of not only is this for me, but is this for me right now? Is this, you know, is this the appropriate time for this? Um, and I also think like, I, I like that asking yourself that question and, and realizing that the way change works when we're changing, we don't just, you know, decide right now, okay, I'm going to start asking myself that question and then I'm going to you know, after this episode, every time I buy something, I'm going to think about that. But even if I ask myself that question after it's happened or a week late, you know, even if it, it takes time, that's how change happens. And so I think kind of realizing that whenever you are willing to like look inward and, and, and ask about it and kind of you're, you're going to condition yourself to to actually use that skill and to be more mindful when in the moment when it happens. You know, but realizing that's a kind of a gradual process, even just having the awareness to, like, ask yourself that in the moment. Right. And I think um, I think I think it's there's a a lot of things with um, mindfulness. And you had talked to uh, last week when when me and you were were chatting about um, spring cleaning. And I think that's another thing I've noticed with other people who lead a very minimalistic lifestyle is spring cleaning is very important to us. And it's very much what, what you're talking about. It, it's about looking at all the things you've acquired and mm-hmm. saying with where I am now, can I let any of these things go? Yeah. Um, and it's a great way to test um, where you're at and, and uh-huh. your, your mindfulness and, um, what your level of attachment is to to certain things because there's definitely th- many things that I do own that I have sentimental attachment to for various reasons mm-hmm. and I mean I guess you could debate if if all attachment is is bad but at least in, in my opinion it's it's not that attachment is bad it's looking at what the attachment means it's looking looking deeper is it is it i'm attached to this because it reminds me of something that makes me more mindful that makes me more compassionate that brings me hope these these positive things or is it something that distracts me from um self-exploration and from feelings i don't want to be feeling and and these things and then within that kind of dialogue with myself you you learn a lot about who you are and and where you're at and it's it's helps you cope with things that you're struggling with and and thrive where things are going well um so i think that's another uh, tip is 
just the idea of of spring cleaning and having kind of a a time where you consciously go through the things that you've acquired through, through your life. Yeah. I think, I think spring cleaning is, is an important, I don't know if you need to exactly do it in spring. I don't know, but just this this time where you're going through and reflecting, I mean, I think springtime is a good time to do it, but I also think that, you know, whenever that is that you're periodically going through what you have and evaluating, is it, is it, um, contributing, you know, to my life, my well-being, what I want to do in this world, or is it cluttering, you know, because I think there's a lot of times that we just, you know, we, we're constantly moving forward and things are constantly changing. And so there's stuff that, you know, just ends up kind of creating clutter. And I know for myself, um, I'm a very sentimental person and I want to hold on to things and keep mementos, but I also just find myself being overwhelmed with clutter and feeling um feeling blocked like mentally you know when there's just kind of too much stuff too many papers to you know just things like that where I feel like it really kind of blocks my energy and my ability to create and my ability to do things and so I think that you know and and you don't really realize it until you actually do do the spring cleaning and kind of start to clear out the clutter and then experience what it feels like to not have it there. So it's one of those things where the environment really can block you, but you don't, your awareness of it can be really, you can be completely unaware of it. Um, And so I do think that just kind of getting into that habit where you periodically do it is a good way to keep yourself kind of constantly thinking about what's, you know, what do I have and, and how is this serving me? You know, I think it's one of those things where, like, I remember as a kid, we would have this whole big spring cleaning and usually would happen during spring break. And it was kind of this thing. And my mom would get all excited about it. And I was like, this is such a drag. Like, why are we doing this? Like, we don't have that much. You know, why? But I realize now why, you know, why those things were important and why we periodically did them. Because if you don't do it, there's you're going to constantly end up, you know, just acquiring a lot of stuff and being a little overwhelmed and, and not even realizing it. Right. The other thing I've noticed as a um, common trait among um, most, really, if not all, the the minimalists I I know um, is the use of nature. Um, we talked about it a little bit mm-hmm. earlier, but I think even if you're living a, a minimalistic lifestyle, it's 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 again, just like mindfulness in that because our society is very much the, the opposite, it can get um, overwhelming and it becomes constant, almost a constant. Um, I don't want to use the word struggle, but you're, it, it makes it, it makes it more difficult because you can <laughs> never truly relax. You're always kind of on guard in, in, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, the reason nature is so important is because it's naturally minimalistic. Um, so you can kind of let go of the, the shields you have up against um, kind of the culture that's fighting what, what your own self exploration, if, if that makes sense. So yeah. I think, walking taking walks to the park just doing and it doesn't have to be some people just don't like nature it's just 
anything where you are actually separated from um, material things. And I think the, the important, again, is not necessarily that material things are bad. It's the way um, we we use them. They're, they're just tools. Yeah, it's it's our relationship with them. And I think that relationship becomes very clear when we are in in nature. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a really good point. And I, I, I as you were talking about that, I was thinking, um, I don't know that this is one of your suggestions, but I was thinking it could be helpful even just to like, create some kind of structure for yourself where once a week, you like, spend some time in a minimalist kind of mindset or kind of, you know, where you go outside and do something in nature, don't take your phone don't take any of your stuff with you and just spend some time there and just kind of allow yourself to like see what that feels like. And then, you know, go back, go back to your stuff, go back to your computer and, 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 but, but be able to allow yourself that retreat as a way to experience it in a way that's not so overwhelming and doesn't feel like, you know, we're like telling you to sell all your stuff and move into a tiny house. Right. And it's, it's minimalism is, is difficult because, um, for the same reason mindfulness is difficult is, is in that it, it forces us to question um, our, our self identities and, and what we are identifying as self. And I think it's important to have um, spaces and experiences that um, help shape that shifted worldview and, and view of self and yeah. nature seems to be a very useful mm-hmm. um, way to, to do that. And I think it's just because I, th- I think a lot of it has to do with the reality that nature is non-dualistic. Everything, everything's connected and whether we are consciously aware of it or, or not um, there, there's something innate in, in humans where when we are in nature, we, we, we feel it even if we're not consciously aware of it. Um, and when we specifically living in, in cities and when you're constantly separated from that nature, um, you get the, you start to believe that dis- the disconnection is true because you're living in an environment that is very much disconnected. Yeah. Um, so, Yeah. Yeah, that it it made, when you were talking about that, it makes me think about um, on like reality shows where they'll take people out camping for a weekend or something, and there's always people that are like, "I hate nature, I hate bugs, I don't do outside," and all that stuff. And inevitably, every single time, they settle and they end up leaving feeling different and having an experience that they haven't experienced, especially when it's somebody who's grown up without experiencing any kind of you know nature that's not like just a city park or something. It's just so interesting because you do see that where people will feel like, oh, it's not, you know, nature's not for me, but I don't know that I've actually met somebody that hasn't spent some time in it and felt like it was for them, you know, right. and and I, connection once they let go of the attachments to like, where's my phone or what's going on with my stuff and kind of actually allow themselves to settle into that feeling. It, it affects all of us in a, right. and, I think in a positive way. Yeah. Where I think it's, it's a, we, we, it can, it, yeah. I think I think you're so spot on because I find I mean I this is a mass generalization but yeah most people 
who I know who say they don't like nature and have all these excuses, I think it's because they have functioned in an environment that is at a completely different pace that they're comfortable with that when they go into nature and it's a, it's a slower, I think calmer, calmer environment, it it makes them uncomfortable. And I think that that's what they're, they're expressing is that the uncomfortableness with that, that calmness. Um, But when they're actually um, thrust into it and have to, kind of sit in in that environment and they start to see the the relaxation and and the changes that happen it it does it does change them they get more i mean it's no longer fear-based because they're they're experiencing it yeah yeah i had that personal experience myself you know growing up in chicago i didn't i never went camping i didn't have any real experience with nature other than kind of conditioning of other people saying oh it's dirty you know and so i I didn't, I didn't think I liked nature. I didn't think I would love to go camping and that it would become one of my favorite things and something that like, I have to prescribe to myself to do periodically so that I can, you know, feel grounded and feel good. So it, but it's one of those things where I just, I didn't know. And it was fear, you know, it was, am I going to know how to do this right? Am I, you know, all those kinds of uncomfortable emotions, but realizing that once I experienced it, all that melted away. Yeah. And I think too, for, for anyone who's listening or, or watching who's in the nature's not for me crowd. Um, the thing I have noticed also is the more people practice mindfulness or, or meditation, the more um, connected to nature they become. Um, and I've known a, a ton of people who um, were not into to nat- hated camping, hating, hated all of those things very passionately um and started meditating regularly and um having a mindfulness practice and um they begrudgingly somehow got into nature and mm-hmm. it all kind of like melted away all mm-hmm. of that stuff. very quickly in in a yeah. way that i mean they they literally entered nature and there was an immediate shift not like 3 days later where you're finally like okay this is okay I right. guess because <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of it too has to do with um, your own resistance uh-huh. um, oh, and man. how much there there is because yeah if you have a lot of resistance to it and you're attached to that resistance you can spend a year in nature and nothing's going to change because that resistance is going to um, stop you and as long as you can as long as you're not able to let that go you're it's it's going to be there right right well, this was awesome. I feel like good, I learned good. a lot. And I'm wondering, <laughs> like, for our listeners and viewers, would it, would he, what, what would be a good follow-up kind of question for them? Um, you know, I, I kind of want to take this, I think, in a, in a, a different direction than, than I normally would. And what I would love to know is the just talk about the object or the idea um, that you're attached to the most Um, and, and starting there, like what is that thing where you put your identity in um, or that has a lot of worth um, 
to you that's that's an external thing, whether that's an an idea or an actual materialistic thing. Because um, mm-hmm. I think that's the 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 first step. It's easy to make to ask people to say, "Oh, when was the time you were in a minimalistic environment, and how did you feel?" That's 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 not where the the exploration starts. It right. starts in the in the world we're in now, which is a materialistic mm-hmm. world. Um, and yeah. that's normally what I ask myself, even living as a minimalist, is what what am I a, a, attached to, um, and mm-hmm. and why. And why? Yeah, I love that. That's a good so question. So what are you attached to and why is the question. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm already thinking about that one for myself. So I'll be excited to hear what, what everybody thinks. So yes. That's you, a really good one. And everyone can join us on Facebook, um, on our group. It's Mindfulness in Action Civil Discourse. And we can have the dialogue there. And you can follow us on social media at CivilDTV. Thank you, guys. See you next time. Have a good one.